This is the Jules Duncan podcast. I'm Jules Duncan and I'm here to help you love the life you live and the body you are in. I help busy women with a million things to do in a week, ditch the cycle of restricted diets and finally find balance with their fitness, nutrition and most importantly, confidence. If this sounds like you, head to julesduncancoaching.com. If not, enjoy this episode. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have got Lorna, one of our amazing coaches with us, who is going to chat all about her journey. Lorna, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very well. So tell me, you've had quite a varied health and fitness journey. So tell me, how did you start with health and fitness? Like, What was your early experience of it and how did you get to where you are now health and fitness-wise? Um, yeah, so I started, well, probably when I was a child, as everybody starts going to clubs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I started dancing um, when I was probably about two or three. Um, and I continued doing that until I was probably about 16, 17. Okay. That was probably like my one main um, fitness thing to do as I was younger, other than I swam. My dad took me swimming before school. Um, not competitive or anything, just a bit of exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when we all realised that I thought you could either be a run- runner or a swimmer because I'm really not that great at running. I really <laughs> okay. enjoy it. But if you put me in a pool when I was younger, I would swim lengths off you. Really? Um, so, yeah, I think that's when it started. Um, and when you, I look back now, those are the two things that I loved and that's why I probably did them. Uh-huh, um, yes, you did things actually... You got lots of fitness benefits from it, but you were doing them simply because you enjoyed them. Yeah, and probably didn't associate them with fitness. Yeah. It was more of a, that I like doing this, let's go um, to do it. Obviously, we did, I did other things as well. But as everybody um, knows, as you get older, priorities change. You're going out more. Um, I met Alan when I was 16, my husband. So we got comfy having pizzas and Friday nights after uni. Um, drinking probably more than <laughs> what we should be parties days out and stuff like that um, and things priorities shifted priorities shifted to studying spending time socializing yeah. getting that kind of aspect of it um, and then probably at uni I started so that was kind of like the, the start of like end of high school start of uni um, and I started putting on weight. I started, but I didn't really know that I was putting on weight, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It just kind of happened. And one day I was like, oh, right, okay, this isn't great. We have another wee think about what we're doing here. And I found the gym. I found a friend that liked to go to the gym. And we'd maybe have a study session. And then we'd always go to the gym on a Friday night. Um, and I still didn't really build it into my routine. And it was probably more to, so I could go out. Do you know, it was that association with oh, if I go to the gym for an hour, I can then have the pizza. It was that negative connotation. And that you were kind of essentially paying the price for you associated the gym with something you had to do in order to get something that was fun and that you wanted. You were essentially paying the price for the socialising and the drinking, etc. Yeah, absolutely. And probably to fit in a wee bit more, I was quite, I went through a bit of a, a time when I didn't really know who I was or where I, what I was doing or, do you know, I didn't really know me. And so I think, was that like your early 20s? Yeah. I suppose 
after uni trying to work out who who you are? No, I think it was probably a wee bit earlier than that, to be honest with you, Jones. I reckon it was it was it was really early twenties, so I was probably still at uni. Okay. Or even just going to uni. I might even be nineteen. And I didn't really know who I was. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody goes through that stage. Yeah. Like you don't know who you you are, but you see and I think when we grew up and the times we grew up at where the Weight Watchers are pointing yeah. the the skinny's the best, you know, like size zeros. Because at that point that. it would have been very Weight Watchers, like it, their marketing was huge. Mm. And, like there was hundreds yeah. of like, Weight Watchers and Slimming World meetings and all that. And the media was very, like, it was massive. Like, size zero time. Like, yeah. And I thought the way for me to feel me and know who I was was to fit that. That mold. That mold. And I'm never going to be that mold. And I know that I'm never going to be that mold now. And I'm actually okay with it. Um, so, yeah, so I started going to the gym and stuff like that. Ran on a treadmill, hated it. But I drive track myself there three, four times a week. Because um, that's what everybody then, else did. Yeah, because that's what everybody else did. And that was fine. I joined Weight Watchers because that's what everybody else did. Everybody else did. Um, I, I had my phone. I was counting everything. I was being restrictive. I can remember at night being absolutely ravenous. And this is when I'd moved out. So this is probably mid-20s. I'd been absolutely ravenous. And I remember thinking, oh, it's great. I can get, get a wee bowl of Rice Krispies tonight. Like, that was actually what I went through my mind. It's okay. I've got enough points that I can eat a bowl of Rice Krispies. Oh, Rice Krispies was your bit is, forward to the end uh, of the day. Which is like air. Let's face it. <laughs> There's nothing in a Rice Krispies. Air with milk. Air with milk. Um, so, yeah, I did all that. And it worked. I lost weight. Then... Um, I probably took more of a charge. So I left uni. I stayed on uni and did a master's degree and then had to make some kind of difficult life decisions about where I was going to be based and what was going to be happening. Um, I needed up choosing to stay in Scotland. And myself and Alan, we moved to Glasgow. And that's when I probably really started looking at myself and thinking, right, okay, I'm going to do things for me. And that's when I built in to my routine. I mean, I was still travelling. I think up until I was when, what, 33, 34, I commuted an hour and a half every day. No matter where I lived. When I lived in Glasgow, I worked in Livingston, in Ayr. When I worked, when I lived down in Greenock, I worked in Ayr. In Glasgow, do you know, I've always had a commute. And for me, it was trying to find that space and that time for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I bought myself a gym membership. I went and tried every single class I could just to find the one that I would actually go to. And I got a mate. Well, I didn't get a mate. My mate came with me, <laughs> which, made, which made a lot easier. It was like, great, okay, we're going to go and this is what we're doing. We're going to go to the gym. And then even to this day, I prefer training with people or having that accountability just because, one, it makes it more fun. And two, if I'm not going, they're not going, and then I feel bad that they're not going. So it's quite interesting um, though that you went from the swimming and the dancing were things that you you did because you loved them, then went through that phase of what you were expected to do because of what everyone else was doing, mm-hmm. and then flipped it back to, do you know what, I'm going to try everything and find the thing that I like, and that's the thing I'm going to do. And again, back to that, like like you say, recruiting your pal. Yeah. And like, well, I like to have company. I like to do 
X, Y, Z classes. So I'm going to do all the things I like and I'll do them more consistently. Yeah, and I think the, the difference between doing things you like and, like, I, I do not like doing certain exercises. Everybody's got the ones that they absolutely hate. Yeah. Um, and when they come up, I'm like, oh, really? But mountain climbers. I like the class, so I, do, I hate mountain climbers. <laughs> absolutely hate them. I'd actually rather... I'd, I'd rather put needles in my eyes, I think. I'd actually, actually rather climb a mountain than yeah, be mountain climbers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think there's things like that, but I'd still do them because I like the type of exercise it is. So it's finding that balance that you know there's sometimes going to be things that challenge you. Uh-huh. But you're still going with it. So yeah, so I did that and then I fell pregnant. And my daughter, I moved home. And at that point, I just didn't feel like me after I'd had her. It was all about being our mum and that was great. But I was really itching. I felt that I'd built my fitness journey and I'd built myself to where my confidence was high. I really liked where I was at in my life. Everything was going smoothly. And after you have a baby, you kind of just don't feel like you. A wee bit of a loss of identity. Because the thing is, with, yeah. with the training and all that, and like with your job and stuff, it would all have been part of who you were, like part of your identity. So that going into work and everything you did when you worked in retail and going to the gym and doing things that you enjoy was a big tick mentally for the type of person you wanted to be because it was confirming your identity. And then you fall pregnant and things very much change. And then you've got a whole, you've got to re-find yourself, I suppose. It's a bit like that, what you were saying about your early 20s. You then had to sort of re-establish who you were as Lorna as a mum, as not just Lorna as an adult. Yeah, and I think there are certain things that when you're pregnant, everybody's journey is different. Mine wasn't that great, um, but it had me thinking a lot about, I didn't know I was having a girl, um, and I do, I've got a daughter who's fabulous, but it was things that I'm like, I want to teach her better yeah. than and give her the mindset that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. So from when she's been little, she's seen me do workouts in the house. She knows that I go and teach the, the ladies yeah. on a Tuesday night. She knows that um, I'll sneak out. I don't leave her in the house by myself. Her dad's here. Um, but I'll sneak out at half five in the morning to go and get a workout in or to go and teach the ladies because that's healthy. She's never seen me refuse a slice of pizza for dinner and have a salad when they're all eating pizza. Do you mm-hmm. know, there's things that I just don't want her to think of as food being bad or good or, do you know, you exercise to get a certain way. She'll come in and say, Mummy, you're strong. Uh-huh, I'm strong. Or when she's putting on her jeans, like bear in mind she's only six, when she's putting on her jeans and her size, like she's got a tiny waist that she's really tall, and she'll be like, oh, my legs are too are too powerful for these jeans. Yeah, that's it. We need to get new ones. Aye, you know, it's, it's, it's the changing. jeans that are the issue. It's not you that's the issue. Yeah. Do you know, and that, that was one of the things I really I loved about, obviously when we all had to stay home for such a long period of time, that parents whose essentially hobby is to train still mm-hmm. trained and it wasn't so it was, I thought it was just so good that so many kids seen their parents in their kitchens in their living rooms in their gardens still training with their communities on zoom because it was something they liked to do and it's not whereas I think when we were younger exercise was very much a it's an award price you pay for weight loss Mm-hmm. Whereas now, so many kids of like from 
like five years old to 15 years old have seen their parents training because it makes them happy because they enjoy doing it because it's they get something from it and I just thought that was such such a good example for little kids yeah and I think it's a good example but for me and I think this is maybe where I differ from other people so yeah Amelia will see me training but as much as I can I try and let her know that not let her know but I'll say I'm away to the gym because actually that's me time uh-huh which is great like and yeah if I had to I'll sit and we'll, we'll do cosmic yoga together yeah. do you know we'll do bits and pieces she'll squat and she was doing squats and star jumps and stuff like that um, during lockdown with me um, and as I say she saw me teach and there was a couple of times I'm pretty sure she was sitting behind me when I was <laughs> teaching a couple of classes but for me it was really important that I build that relationship with workouts and me time because then that makes me feel like a better person that's feeding one of my needs, but it's also letting, not me become a better mum, but it gives me the patience sometimes that you need because I've had me time. Which is true though. So that's actually a really good point. So obviously you coach, you've got a full-time job in HR, your other half works shifts, Amelia's in primary school. So how do you make sure that, because a lot of people our age, females especially, are very guilty of giving to others and not looking after themselves. And as we advise other people, you can look after other people better when you look after yourself mm. first. So with so many different priorities and so much on your schedule, how do you, and not even just about fitness, it just as a whole, how do you make time for yourself? I'm, I'm not going to lie, sometimes it doesn't happen. And I'm kind of okay with that. So if somebody's ill or whatever, that becomes my priority. And I think it's yeah. having that flexibility not to beat yourself up if you miss a workout or not to, you know, so you don't eat well for one day. Well, that's not really a big deal. Let's just oh. move on from it. I would say the biggest thing for me is to make it a routine. So I not I can't function, not that I can't function, I like a routine, so I like to know that in my diary, this time's mine. Uh-huh. So, for example, on a Monday at lunchtime, I take my lunch hour and I go and do the former Pilates mm-hmm. because it impacts nobody else in my house. I can work around my, my schedule, my work, um, if I need to. And actually, I can move my Pilates if I need to, which happens really, really rarely because it's an appointment in my diary that's for me. The other thing that I try and do is... And again, this changes because my partner does work shifts. So some mornings he's here, some evenings he's here. And I think that's the struggle for some people that are trying to juggle that. I know for me, I work out better and I feel better from doing everything in the morning. See if it comes to five o'clock at night and it's rainy and cold. I don't want to be going out and training. I've tried it. Um, And I think it is a wee bit of trial and error to find out what suits your your style best, what what ticks the boxes for you. The other thing I would say is find things you love. So I will 100%, I've tried many classes. I know (laughs) all the classes. I've been to all the classes. (laughs) I know the ones that challenge me. I know the ones that I like. And if you make it something you like, you make sure you go to it. There's no point signing up for something that you're like, oh yeah, I am, oh, do you know, Jules does that, so I'll do that because that's what we do. I've kind of grown out of that. It's it's more of a, this is what I like to do. 
and it makes it easier. And yeah, it's hard. Sometimes it's a five-minute cup of tea by yourself that gives you your meeting. Uh -huh. Sometimes it's setting out the alarm early and getting up and just having that half hour sitting in the dark for a cup of coffee. It doesn't have to be hundreds of time and it doesn't have to be all fitness related. I suppose that's quite a good point of applying that it doesn't have to be to anything. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be the same thing your friend does. It doesn't have to be an hour and a half. It doesn't have to be always on a Wednesday. Like it's yeah. that be flexible with it and do what you can when you can with what you've got. And like you say, some days your other half's going to be on shift and Amelia's going to be sick and it's going to be pouring a rain. And you're like, do you know what? Just today it doesn't work. Maybe it's a, like you say, when she goes to bed, you just sit down and just chill out and yeah, read your Kindle for a while or something like that. Or other days it'll be getting outside or other days it'll be a full on workout for an hour because that's what you've got time for so it's just I suppose keeping that flexibility and the kindness to yourself when things don't work out yeah I think that we, we've been brought up in a time that it, it was it was you exercise because you want to be skinny mm -hmm. you don't have any time you have to be superhuman and be able to tick all these boxes all the time and when you become a mum, you kind of feel like you have to do that. You have to tick all the boxes. You have to make sure that everything's done. But actually, see if they have a jammy day and nobody washes their hair. Who cares? Do you know? If, they, if they're in front of a tablet, it doesn't really bother you if, you can, if you're getting X, Y, and Z done. And I think we think about that for our children, but we don't actually think about it for us. Or I certainly didn't. I'd be like, oh, right, okay, you're doing that, so that means I can get X, Y, and Z done. And I'll need to try and get to the gym. And I need to try and get my steps. And I'm going to make sure that we're all eating all non-processed healthy food 24-7. <laughs> and you're going to be immaculately dressed and the house is going to be tidy and stuff like that. You need to give yourself a break. It's the chances of that happening is pretty slim. I think it's the setting yourself these ridiculously high standards that you just you wouldn't expect from anybody else. So... Mm -hmm. What? And but we all do that, don't we? Like we expect so much of ourselves that we wouldn't expect from friends, colleagues, sisters. And we no, give I mean, ourselves if, such grief if we don't meet these lofty standards. And you can think about it, like if you were coming to me and saying, Oh Lorna, I've done this, this, and this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to, and I can't got time, and I'm I'm at breaking point, and oh, but my house needs cleaned, and I've got people coming, and I thought like, well, Joe, just chill and take some of like Put your hair up, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, nobody cares. Like if nobody cares, the cupboard's tidy. No, nobody cares. <laughs> Let's just take a chill. It's like when I teach Pilates on a Thursday night. By Thursday night, I've done. Obviously, I work full time. My husband, he works full time on shifts. I've got a daughter, and sometimes by Thursday night, I'm like, if you just move your right toe, no, I mean your right hand. <laughs> nobody cares. As long as I'm teaching them how to do, it. I'm a, I'm a good coach, kind of. But as long as do you know, if your brain doesn't work at that point on a Thursday night, nobody's looking at me. Nobody's ever come to me and said, by the way, Lorna, do you know that was wrong what you just said? That was your foot you moved and not your arm? And nope. actually nobody ever, nobody ever notices the mistakes, whether it's coaching, how tidy your house is, what you fed your kids, all of that. Nobody ever notices the mistakes you make like you do. I know. Like and you, you beat yourself up about it? Oh, completely. <laughs> And the thing is, you're you're the only one that's noticed the mistake. Everyone else is like, no, I know what you meant, it's fine. Yeah. And we give ourselves such such grief for it, don't we? Mm -hmm. 
And you so, apologise for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry my house isn't tidy. Well, actually, it's pretty immaculate. But no, no, I'm, I'm still apologising that I've not tidied that utility cupboard out before you come in. But I suppose that that is such a good lesson that if we were all just a wee bit kinder with ourselves, showing the same kindness we show to other people, to ourselves, life would be so much, A, so yeah. much easier and so much more enjoyable. Absolutely. So obviously you mentioned coaching. So how did you get to the point, what made you want to be a coach? Um, so I'd probably been, I don't know, probably about a year. Was it even a year? Back from having Amelia. Um, and I started to feel myself again. I started to enjoy the things that I was doing. And I thought there must be hundreds of people or women like me that are just like scared to go back into the gym, don't really know what to do, don't really want to make time, for, like don't have time. They're saying they don't have time, but they know that the benefits they would get. And I just kind of, I really wanted to help people. And I think like that's one of my core values. I just want to help people, like see people that aren't confident enough or I want to give people a safe place. So I know what it's like walking into a gym that are full of, people that don't look like you don't uh-huh. have the confidence like you don't have the confidence to pick up the weight you don't have the confidence to even say hello um and I wanted to be part of the community that was inclusive and if you come to any of the classes that we have on everybody knows your name by the end of it it's a bit like cheers <laughs> um but we're welcoming we, we give you the option for your ability do you know it's all about for me empowering people to come back and to get on that fitness journey because not only will it have great health benefits for you but for me for your mind for your, your time and giving that giving women that wee section if it's 30 minutes 45 minutes out of their life that they can just focus on them and hopefully take some of that forward almost but it was almost a wee bit like let's pay it forward I so kind of like holding space for people so obviously that you said you kind of lost your identity and your confidence and stuff as you became a mom and had more priorities and stuff so it's really just about holding space and giving people that space to find themselves again yeah and to me it's about that it's about paying it forward so when I felt like that I found a group of women that helped me feel that way again yeah I feel like I could take on the world and you know, look how strong my body is and actually it's just giving birth to a child. Like how amazing are women? Like just I mean, genuinely. It's un- like unbelievable. And I, I think with the amount of pressure that women put on themselves, they don't take time to marvel at literally like you've just given birth to another human. Your mm-hmm. body is unbelievably phenomenal. Like there's literally nothing better. Like no. It is so fantastic standing that power. Yeah, it's not even like just for people that have had children, you know. Our bodies go through so much as women, just during our lives, that we're pretty fantastic no matter what, what we choose and what we don't choose. And I think that, yeah, I just wanted to pay it forward. I wanted anybody that was feeling struggling, anybody that had lost identity, anybody that was like, I really want to find a community and I want to be part of it and I want to get myself a wee bit healthier. Well, do you know what? I probably stood in their shoes. I know what it's like going to the back of the class thinking nobody's going to talk to me. 
I know that when I go right and everybody else is going left, I was worried people were going to laugh. They don't. Do you know? And yeah, that's what made me want to become a coach. I knew how they were feeling and I wanted to help them feel the way that I did. I did. And it's that, but community is such a big part of it. Like, because that's always for us, that's always been the biggest, yeah. the biggest thing. Like we've always said this, like, yeah, fitness is what we do. And yet it's the vehicle that we use, but the absolute biggest benefit of training with us is it's the community of like-minded women who everybody's different. Like you say, some people have got kids, some people have not, some are married, some are not, some work at home, some don't work. Like everybody's got a different story, but the one thing that we have that pulls us together is the fact that everyone just wants to feel better and feel happier in their skin. Yeah. And if we can even give that teeny tiny bit to somebody for that, that's enough to make me think, yeah, being a coach is a good idea. And it is hard. It's hard because of everything else I've got on to fit it in. But I make it a priority because I want to help those people. Uh huh. And I do what I love. Because it, get, so it gives me, you so much back as well. Uh huh. It gives me so much back. And I make it work for me. And I think everybody else or anybody that's thinking of even starting a fitness journey is it's one of those things. So, yeah, coaching, I make it work for me because I do it at the times that don't impact my family. Um, and when I can give my best to the people that come. Fitness, I make it work for me. So I flip my routine and it took trial and error to try and figure out how I was going to get that all to fit in. And I think that is the biggest thing for other people. So, you know, make it fit you. Don't make, don't fit yourself into something that you're not. You need to find your own routine, your own your own plan, what you like to do. And, and make it fit your life. Uh-huh. Make your life fit the plan, essentially. Yeah. Because if you don't, you'll end up regretting it. Yeah. Yeah, and like you say, then that takes away from the love of it. And if you're doing something you love, you're much more like, whether it be a job, a fitness routine, nutrition, whatever it is, if you enjoy it and you look forward to it and it's something that's ticking a box for you and meeting your values, you're 100% going to be more consistent with it and do it much yep. more. And you won't resent it. Exactly. That's so, so interesting. So, right, top three tips then. For anyone listening to, to us today, what would your top fitness tip be? I think I've just said it. Make it fit your life and not the other way about so find something you love and make it fit into your life don't make your life fit into it that would be like, you, like you were saying though you enjoy training in the morning you don't enjoy training at tea time yeah. if I was to say to you Lorna this is a great class it's on at 7 p.m at night you'd be like right I'll go but you're like I, <laughs> I won't see no time <laughs> but, just, <laughs> but you just you're going to be like if even the slightest thing comes up that would get in the way, you'd be like, oh, I can't do it today. Whereas yeah. if you do it at six in the morning, that's something you really like to do. So you're actually going to move things out of the way to get to that because you enjoy it. To be fair, there's not that many things on at six o'clock in the morning. No. That move. <laughs> but yeah, it is. And um, yeah, I, yeah, definitely make it fit your lifestyle. I don't try and change your lifestyle to make it fit because if you do, it won't work. Excellent tip. What about nutrition? What's your top tip for nutrition? I think well, well it depends. Yeah, so it depends. So nutrition, it really pisses me off when people say, "Oh, it's a good," or "I'm going to treat myself." 
like food's not bad it gives you energy it sometimes becomes a social aspect mm-hmm. so yeah don't give food negative connotations I, all food has value yeah all food has value don't give it negative connotations um and then if it was a tip protein get your protein in yeah excellent and finally a mindset tip so for your outlook on life fitness mental health anything what would be your number one mindset tip i think for mindset and that that's hard because it comes and goes so your motivation will obviously get you started but you've mm-hmm. got to create those habits to keep it going yeah um i, I know as hard as that seems and there are some days that you just can't be bothered for mindset I would say that that's the key to it. Don't take on the mountain, take it one step at a time. So don't try and change everything. Focus on one thing because you don't want to overwhelm yourself. And actually, for, even for your mindset, it, it's little steps. Some people like meditation to kind of chill them out. Write down what you're going to focus on this week and tick that box off and don't really worry about everything else for it. I so don't look 50 miles down the road. Literally just take the next the next step and then the next, the next step, step. yeah perfect oh that's been so interesting chanty where can people find you if they want to reach out to you on like social media where can they find you yep so on instagram i'm lorna loves um on instagram you can find me there or a few um bars cottage studios that's where we coach um, and we do our badass body classes um morning and evenings and there with um KW personal training in there as well. So you can get in contact with us through either Bar Scotty Studio or Lorna Loves. Perfect. Oh, it's been so good to chat to you. Thanks so much for joining me. No, thanks for having me.